Welcome to the Judging More Than Just the Cover podcast. I'm Amber Gregg. I'm Kate Oda. And I am James Moore. So this is our first social distancing podcast. Kate actually recently moved anyway, so we were looking at ways to continue our podcast in a remote way, but with social distancing, we had to do this anyway. So we're trying it out, and I apologize if the sound quality is different than what it normally is. But today we are going to be talking about the book Things You Save in a Fire by Catherine Center. And I do want to give a spoiler alert that we will be discussing this book in detail. So make sure that you've already read the book before listening to our discussion. But this book is about a female firefighter who moves back in with her mother, who she doesn't really have a very close relationship with. And this is after an altercation with someone in the government at an award ceremony, um, but her mother was already asking her to move back in with her. So she kind of reluctantly does so under the pretense that it will be just a temporary thing to help her out after eye surgery. So what did you both think of this book kind of overall? Uh, I really enjoyed it. Honestly, the from the very first scene, it had me hooked. Uh, I read it. I started reading it in an airport, which must have been Thanksgiving. And I, I couldn't put it down. I was so into it, uh, especially when she like hit the guy with her award. And I was like, yes. <laughs> and from then on, I was like, I was a team Cassie from that point on. And uh, I loved the relationships that she cultivated at the new fire place. Uh, I got really mad during the climax, which I think was the point. Uh, and of course, I, I loved the ending. Yes. In general, I would say uh, I had pretty much the same experience as Kate. I, I really enjoyed the book. I was rooting for Cassie right away. Um, I was really hoping that that, that guy that she smashed uh, her uh, awards in the face with was going to, you know, be, be fired and disgraced right away and, you know, live as a streetless homeless person right away. Because uh, it was easy to hate that person right up front, but the the whole story was done in a very well in a smart manner, and um, and yeah, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed you know reading the book. It was it was a, a good experience. Yeah, I agree. I really loved the story. I think we haven't really done a contemporary book like this. We have we did read on the come up, which was contemporary, but very different type of book. Um, this was kind of more. I would say like a feel good type of contemporary, almost contemporary romance, I would venture to say, but the romance I wouldn't say was the main focus of the story, but I did. Well, we should also acknowledge the fact that we said we were going to read a different book first (laughs) and we kind of collectively decided to skip that book and move into this one. It was uh, the ninth house. Do either of you want to speak on why we decided to forego that book. Um, I'll summarize it as it was a pacing problem for me. It had it had good little tidbits that I was like, ooh, ooh, but then it took too long to circle back to that. Yeah, I, you're being very diplomatic, so uh, I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll try and follow you too and not say what really immediately comes to mind, but uh, the main problem I had with the book was it was really it was it was digging a ditch. It was really like work to read it. You got rewarded every once in a while with a, a good scene here and there, but then sometimes there would be a flashback that would be unannounced and you're wondering which book you're reading. <laughs> and 
or there would be confusion sometimes even with who is speaking in the book. So it's it was work. It made you have to go back and read it, you know, sections over again to just just for understanding. And it was a lot of work. And I'm glad that uh, that homework assignment was lifted from us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I did not make it very far at all. I had a baby recently, and I went into labor over a month early. So I had started reading the book like two days before I went into labor. And so I didn't make it very far. And then I tried to pick it back up once she was born. And then they both said that they were not interested. <laughs> like, okay, I don't have to worry about trying to force myself to, to read it because I wasn't really immediately sucked in. But when I started reading Things You Save in the Fire, I was instantly sucked in. And even with the baby and being sleep deprived, I was able to read it pretty quickly. It was a really fast read. And for me, I had a... A lot of personal connections to the story uh, with uh, with her mother's story, particularly because my dad had cancer that spread to his brain. So a lot of the things that was going on with the mom I had experience with um, going through with my dad and him and I have always had a great relationship. So we weren't the same in that way. But he didn't tell me about his cancer right away. It was later on. So I understand how she felt like taken by surprise when the mom was in the hospital. And when she, at the very end, when the mom lived through the wedding and the baby being born, I I felt that because my dad at one point had been given a year to live. And miraculously, he's recovered. Um, he's been cancer-free for uh, about 15 years now. And at my wedding, it was this crazy, like, powerful moment. Like, right before he walked me down the aisle, we both felt that moment. Like, we never thought we would get to have that together. So, of course, I was, like, bawling. And, you know, I just had my baby when I read this. I was just, like, crying through this whole story. And obviously, I, I loved it. Yeah, uh, I knew that the mom was pulling some kind of nonsense because it was supposed to be what glaucoma surgery or something. Right. And I was like, that takes like two days to recover from uh, because I'm in the eye surgery world for our listeners that don't know about that. So I was I was like, this woman is up to something, something either something deeper is going on or she wants something else from this daughter. Like I was highly suspicious of the mom for a while. And then when it came out that it was cancer instead of just like glaucoma or whatever she said it was, I was like, ha ha, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> yeah, see, I thought that too. I thought that, I thought she was faking it. I thought that nothing was wrong with her because even when Cassie tried to lift up her eye patch, she's like, oh, let me see it. She's like, oh, no, 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 don't look. Uh, so I thought that it was just kind of a ruse to get her out there like and, and spend time with her. So yeah, it wasn't until later that, that I realized, oh, okay, it's more serious than what she's letting on, not less serious. I gotta say that I was totally full as far as... I knew that she had some in, some other intentions, but I just settled on, oh, she just wants to connect with her daughter. She's been asking her for a while. So this is her her in, you know, I, and I figured that, you know, you don't need somebody to move in for that kind of surgery, but I figured it's just want her to have a relationship. And then bam, there's the whole uh, cancer thing. So that, that was, uh, it was a little bit of a surprise. But what did you think about the whole, oh, her mom's been doing meditation and that's what she's saying made the cancer go away. I, I, 
I felt like that was a little out of place, but I guess it's true to character for the mom. Yeah, it in such a, a book that was so grounded in, uh, I don't want to say science because like, Okay, so they had like the cyanide box kit and stuff. And so they they were really reliant on reality and things, you know, things can go wrong because there's fires. And, you know, I I thought that was a little strange that 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 was leaned into so hard. But yeah, it did fit the character of the mom. And there are people out there who would do that. So that was not as jarring as I kind of expected it to be. Well, I I enjoyed that facet of it because even though we were immersed in like factual things, uh, given the circumstances, number one, I know that when people are dealing with cancer or when they're in a life or death struggle, I mean, anybody in the medical profession will tell you that your mindset and your attitude is a huge factor in whether you recover or not. So there's that. And the, the power of the mind to be able to do things for the body is something that's, you know, as long as people have been on this earth, it's still so unexplored as far as knowing factually, you know, cause and effect. So, you know, I kind of enjoyed that that was actually included in part of the uh, the mother's story as far as how she's dealing with things. And it, it, it did speak to her character about how faithful and hopeful she was about life in general. Absolutely. And, you know, when my dad was going through his cancer, he's like one of the funniest people that I know. And he was, even when he was in the deepest part of the treatment and, and so, so sick, he was still cracking jokes. Like the nurses would always make comments about how positive he was and I truly believe that that mindset is what got him through his recovery and to be able to be cancer free now. I mean, of course, the science was what did it in the medical procedures, but there are people who went through the same thing. He actually did um, an experimental treatment the interleukin too. And so there were a lot of people that were going through it at the same time. And he was the only one that, that survived with it. So yeah, he was kind of like the poster, the poster child for it at the time. Uh, But yeah, I think, I think it does have a lot to do with, with that. So I, I understand where it was coming from, but I mean, this, this book had so many emotional twists and turns, especially for a character main character who was pretty emotionally distant for good reasons, but she definitely had some huge walls up uh, and it was cool to see her character development. And one thing I was afraid of with this book was that it was going to be, oh, she's this really strong female lead, which is what we always are looking for. And I really think this is one of the strongest females we've had in multiple ways. I mean, one, she's a badass woman firefighter in a male dominated field and she's independent, all of these characteristics. And then as soon as there started being this love connection, I was like, Oh no, like this is all going to go away and it's going to be this mushy love story. And it's going to be that he completes her and all this stuff. But I think it was actually really well done where I didn't feel like that at the end. I didn't feel like she lost who she was. She just started to open up to other people a little bit more. Yeah. I, I thought the romance was really cute. I could see it coming from the moment she just started calling him the rookie and like not by his name. I was like, oh, they're going to fall in love. It's going to be beautiful. Just make it happen. 
And so as I kept reading, I was like, yes, <laughs> really rooting for them. And, uh, you know, of course, like the secret office romance and that whole thing, just like, oh, yes, hand it over. <laughs> yeah, I like the way the romance was handled without weakening any of the characters, which was, I think, key because um, you kind of walk in the balance beam with the romance thing. If you go too far on one side, then she's the, the Disney princess that needs to be rescued. She's looking for a man. Or if you go too far to the other side then he's you know you know not really having a choice in the manner and she you know she's dominating the relationship and that sort of thing so i like the way the characters were handled and that the men that meant something to her were not weak men but they were significant men and um that's kind of tough to do sometimes when you're going to have a badass uh, you know female firefighter type thing and i appreciate the fact that they did that so well that's a great point because i do think that a lot of the books we've read either has strong females or strong males it seems hard hard for the author to get both but I felt like all of the characters were really well done and nobody was just kind of a stereotype or uh, a flat character I felt like some of the the side character uh, male firefighters were a little flat but they also kind of had to be because otherwise the book would be too gigantic and they weren't as influential as the other major players um yeah and in the end i think the villain was also like a little flat because he just was kind of mad that she was a woman uh and that yeah <laughs> yeah think about him uh distachio right he just kind of was a cranky man and he hated that she was there and then she saved his life when he was overdosing and then she told her story to him about uh, the rape that happened to her. What did you think about her telling him when she had told nobody else before that moment? I had mixed feelings about the rape thing because on one hand, I loved that she hit that man with an award. <laughs> that was a nice payoff, even though we didn't even know at the time like how how deep that payoff was. But I'm also a little bit over female characters having a lot of their personality based on being raped in the past. Like it's, I'm, I'm a little frustrated by that and a little over it. But at the same time, her telling him, I think was her maybe saying like, you can be vulnerable with me and I can be vulnerable with you. We're both humans. Everything's like cool between us. But I feel like hers was also a bigger thing to reveal. I don't know. I also just didn't like that guy. So I was like, just let him die. I don't care. <laughs> In my opinion, the, the handling of the villain and who the villain was, I, I can't say exactly how I would fix it, but he wasn't a great villain. And it almost seemed to me like um, it was like, you know, you're almost done with cooking a recipe saying, oh, I forgot the onions. What am I going to do? Where well, I got to throw something in last minute. And he was kind of, there wasn't a lot of thought put into how to handle that character to, to be the villain. And it is almost a trope now that, you know, some some woman who's triumphant now was sexually assaulted in the past. It's, uh, it, it almost seems like a crutch, I hate to say, even because it's, it, it's an issue in real life. It's a real thing, of course. And um, it's something that needs to be addressed in our society but you know as far as literature it, it's, it's becoming a crutch a little bit so I yeah. think if there was a little bit more thought put into that villain and the circumstances then this book would go from good to great yeah and I I agree with that I feel like her mother leaving 
could have been enough of that inciting incident to get her to be the same kind of walls up, like have that uh, distanced relationship with her mom and basically still give her all of the things that we needed for the plot to move forward in the same way. Maybe it would have been harder to explain why she was so closed off to men and dating, but I think it still could have been used as most of the explanation for everything going on. Yeah, I I think even if it had just been that the guy made an inappropriate move and it wasn't all the way, like even that could explain it where she just doesn't even trust anyone because they might, you know, try try to get handsy i mean well, it didn't have to the be same day that her mom left like if it yeah. was compounded in that same way yeah well, you know given what i just said i, I know I'm, I'm not apologizing for how i was handling everything but it would um i guess maybe you could say it would explain the extreme reaction of seeing the guy at the award ceremony and trying to implant that award into his skull but uh i'm thinking that if if you if you don't go all out with that one as far as her past as far as what happened to her in the past then she's just a sociopath (laughs) and snap you know (laughs) trying to kill this guy on stage but you understand it and again i'm not saying that that makes um that erases everything we said about the trope but um it, it does explain the extreme reaction on the stage was I think was a necessary launch point for the book you know it's hard to dodge that one that's true I do like how the story opened up and you kind of you have that extreme uh, reaction there Uh, but I think that it made it too obvious what happened because they kind of alluded to it throughout the book but I always knew from the second that happened like well that's the only thing that it could have possibly explained that kind of hostile reaction for someone who supposedly was very high up, like moving up pretty quickly in the ranks and very dedicated to her job to be able to risk everything she's worked so hard for in one moment, it would have to be that. I probably even would have liked that scene if she just wanted to hit him with the award but knew it was not beneficial to her career because she was very career oriented. So even if it was, you know, then it's a smaller reaction. So he could have done something smaller, maybe not even in the sexual realm, um, but like been a terrible lab partner in college. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but she could just be like, oh, I want to shove this through his head, but I'm not going to I'm going to accept the award. And like, give him the stink eye. He knows what he did. Like, then I would have been like, all right, yeah, still on board. <laughs> I think her having a reason to be kicked off is the only reason why she went to live with her mom. I mean, she said she would have done it anyway, but she really did need a push to leave her entire career behind. So help her mom, who she wasn't close with at all, had so much resentment towards. I mean, I think her dad probably would have guilted her into it eventually, but she really did need something to happen. Yeah, I think without that, what would have happened is things would have, her mother would have gotten to the stage where they would have to tell her about the cancer. And then that would have been guilt forcing her to move instead of this, uh, you know, I just, I screwed myself as far as my career, which I think is a way better path in, as far as uh, telling the tale. Yeah. And so kind of circling back to her relationship uh, with Owen and how that developed, I definitely, like Kate said, i I saw that coming and like romances are really hit or miss for me in books. If they're too cheesy and too quick to happen, then I just dismiss it from the beginning. I don't like the the instant love trope that 
is pretty popular in romances. So I liked how it built up. And what I really liked was that Owen, he commented on her characteristics, not just her looks. Like in romances, the common thing is that the man is always like, you're so beautiful. I love how you look. Like all physical characteristics but he would comment on like how smart she was and strong and brave and all these things that you don't normally read male characters saying in romance books and I really appreciated that because I think that did show that you can have two strong characters and it's not this like surface level type of relationship it felt more like they connected on a deeper level than uh, what you normally see and there was one scene where Cassie says they were on the phone like talking and and she said she felt like this hopeful teenager that she never had the chance to be and that was when I was like oh that's so cute you know my stone cold heart was like oh <laughs> that's adorable yeah I um I did like the way the the romance was was uh, developed and I especially um appreciate the you know her her love interest the guy because uh, and he was obviously way more mature than his years because that was depicted in her first meeting with him and how he handled things and i think the underlying current of that was his whole experience of you know um, being the feelings of guilt for the fire that he started when he was a kid and everything that will you know make you grow up with a sense of over responsibility that makes you more mature which I think all that was realistic when it came out in the book. So him being at that level of maturity, guys look for different things in women from when they're in their 20s versus 30s versus 40s. Because as you go, not that looks don't mean anything at all, but, you know, guys want a person of substance to be with. And that's what he was appreciating in her, her substance. Yeah, I I liked that we got to see them interact a lot, Uh, got to see the kind of flirty banter, but also like the professional interactions uh, so that we knew that they knew each other instead of just like staring at each other across the room or like ending up on the roof in their underpants and being like well (laughs) hello (laughs) so I I really enjoyed how much page time they got together instead of like pining for each other from a distance while not interacting which I feel like is very uh I don't want to say Jane Austen specifically but she comes to mind (laughs) it's like they interact once and then the rest of the book they're like oh away across the the swamp at this handsome person (laughs) really i I haven't read it i don't know (laughs) the moors the (laughs) moors okay we'll go with that sorry (laughs) so i liked that they had a lot of time together and we got to really watch their chemistry kind of work itself into an actual relationship instead of just being like, you're hot, you're hot, let's get together. Did you think that it was his dad that was harassing Cassie? Like That was my prediction because he wanted his son to be the firefighter and he knew that there could only be one. So he was harassing her so his son could be in his in his shoes. I I figured it had to be someone in the firehouse because they like knew where her locker was and stuff like that. Um, but honestly, the identity of the harasser didn't matter very much to me because most of the other guys were so kind of flat that I was like, meh, I don't care who it is. They'll figure it out and then they'll get together. <laughs> yeah, for me... Um, it was kind of telegraphed who it was going to be for me because number one, like that case said, it had to be somebody in the firehouse given what was happening at her locker. Number two, I think it was one of the old school guys and how many of them were there. There was the chief and the person that was actually the, the harasser. So 
you know, I, I didn't think I really didn't think it was the chief because of his whole demeanor as far as introducing them that first day and everything. So I, I kind of narrowed it down to, you know, that guy anyway. It was just waiting for it to, to come up. Yeah, I think that it was kind of important. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter which one of the guys it was, but it did change the whole story, I thought, with the fire and her saving Owen. And then when she went to the hospital and he had, Distachio had already submitted his version of the story and she had a basically fight to prove herself I think that's a really hard position to be in and I think I wouldn't say a lot of people have gone through that but that is a pretty common scenario where it's your word against someone else and if you're the new person how do you she had no proof and if Owen didn't make it then there's no way that she could redeem herself and and she worked so hard to get where she was and then she basically had to out herself and her feelings for Owen to prove. So either way, she was in a bad spot. Yeah, that part is what made me super mad. And I, I almost couldn't keep reading because I was so angry. Because I, I just hate when it's like, oh, this person's lying about you. And they must be right. And you're like, no. And there was, ugh, I was just so frustrated at everybody for like believing this guy who, you know, the, there were citizen witnesses to this fire. Like other people probably saw them arguing and who was saying what, and maybe they didn't understand the, the firefighter lingo and that kind of stuff, but there were other people there. How could this dude just lie? It makes me so angry. And so I had to power through that part of the climax because I wanted the rookie to wake up, but I was just so mad about everything else. <laughs> well, and he ended up trying to, I don't know if he was intentionally trying to kill himself, but he almost died. And Cassie was the one that saved him from the drug overdose. So he screwed her over and then was going to die anyway. Yeah, that didn't make sense to me either. Like if he, he wrote was... a letter too. So it yeah. was somewhat intentional. So I don't know, maybe he felt guilty about lying so much, but like he didn't have enough <laughs> character development on the page to make me believe it. So I had... I had a lot of problems with him as the villain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it almost seemed like they couldn't decide between villain and tragic anti-villain type deal. Yeah, it seemed like sometimes he was personally like out to get Cassie. He just like hated her. And then other times it seemed like he really just hated himself and his situation. And I don't know. I know that the overall theme of the book is forgiveness. And I understand that. And I understand like forgiving her mom for leaving, but forgiving him and forgiving the guy who raped her. I had a hard time with that. And the fact that she, again, she's told the rape story to Destachio when he screwed her over. And then he was basically like, well, screw you. I'm still not going to admit that, that you were right. And then he ends up telling the truth eventually. Anyway, it kind of, I, I don't know. It was, that was my biggest issue with, with the story. Yeah. I almost felt like there didn't need to be a villain in particular. Um, she could have just faced a little bit of cold shoulder stuff from the other guys. Maybe they didn't want to let her into the boys club type feeling even more. And then it would have more been an internal thing instead of an external villain specifically um because even even then at the climax of the the fire and the guy not wanting to listen to her that still would have worked even if he wasn't specifically targeting her you know it would have been just guy doesn't want to listen to 
new girl. So he's going to do what he wants to do. Um, and I still would have believed that. So yeah. And there was enough other conflict anyway. I mean, there was a conflict with her mom initially. There's the conflict with the, the guy who raped her. There was the conflict with Owen's family and the fact that they thought that he was still dating that other girl and then she was at the hospital. I mean, that alone could have been a reason why she wasn't allowed in the room. Like, oh, well, this is his girlfriend. So why would you go in there? Uh, yeah, but I guess it all just kind of compounded, you know, to be extra reasons to explain why she couldn't see him and why she was upset about all of that. Well, I think I still would like to have. Uh, a villain done well in there. I mean, I, I I agree that the villain that was in the book could have been done without, and we still would have had a pretty good ride, but I think it still would have been in the Disney category as far as the formula, somebody who's the, the oddball or the different person, they finally get acceptance from the group and everybody lives happily ever after, that sort of thing. But if she had a, a real villain that was equal to her and we got at some point where it looked like she was not, not going to be able to overcome this villain and then miraculously gets through, if they handled that better, the, the book would go up a notch. So I think it's like at a, it's, it's at a good point now, the way it's written. Without the villain, it would still be good, but not quite as good. But with a, a really good villain, it would go into another stratosphere. So did you think that Owen was going to survive? I definitely thought it was going to end up with him dying and that the story was going to end up being just about the reconciled relationship between Cassie and her mom. I mean, I was happy he survived, but I was definitely thinking that he wasn't going to and that that would be kind of what opened up her heart even more. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. He (laughs) had to survive. Or I was going to, like, throw my e-reader across the airplane. Um, (laughs) (laughs) How it's set up, like, we... We, I guess we should stop speculating about how to make the book better. It's published. How it's set up is that he had to wake up to sort of clear her name. And so that had to happen. Uh, and I I honestly did think it was a romance, a contemporary romance. So I was like, there's a happily ever after coming. That's categorically required. So I knew he was going to wake up. I didn't know if he was going to be like, okay, necessarily. Maybe he'd have some sort of, I don't know, paralysis or something. They always go for paralysis and that kind of story (laughs) well see you always think that like nicholas sparks is gonna be a romance and then there's always some crazy twist where somebody dies or (laughs) something it's like it's never (laughs) so i didn't know if it was going to be a contemporary romance when i was reading it because i don't really like to know too much about a book before i start reading it So I didn't know if it was just going to be contemporary fiction and it could have ended in his death and maybe not had a happily ever after for them as a couple, but still happily ever after for her as a person. Or if it was going to be a Nicholas Sparks or the uh, Jody Picoult, is that her last name? Her books never have happy endings either. Uh, To be fair, the Nicholas Sparks character was the mom. She had brain cancer that did eventually kill her. Yeah, so, that's yeah. true. But that was many, many years later. Still counts. <laughs> well, I, if uh, if Owen had not, if if he had died, I would have. This book would have been gone from good to it's totally sucks. I hate it. I know. <laughs> 
<laughs> don't want to ever read the, in a book like this again because I think that one underlying, I mean, the, the main thing of the book, of course, is forgiveness. You know, that's the main thing. But part of it was our main character needed to learn how to have relationships, you know, rebuild a relationship with her mom, you know, the the people in the firehouse, build relationships with them and a romantic relationship. That all That really all had to work to satisfy me as a reader. That's true. I think as much as we're complaining about the different parts of the book, I really do think that everything that happened had to happen to give us the ending that we got. <laughs> I think it was puzzle piece together very well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed it um, and have been recommending it to people. So <laughs> my complaints are pretty small, honestly. <laughs> I think my only complaint really that's that really has still bothered me and it's a really nitpicky thing, but there was the sex scene with Owen and Cassie and he kept saying no and she kept trying to change his mind and it kept bothering me that I felt like, especially as someone who had been raped, she should not be pushing him in that way. And I know that he was saying no for her protection, but it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way that that he was like, no, no, no. And she's like, oh, but what if we do this? Or what if I just keep going and, and it'll all be fine? But, but that's my only real complaint. Well, I didn't even think about that until you brought it up. So now I have a problem with it. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it it, uh, it could have had a lot more consent verbalized, I guess. But man, I was still kind of into it. <laughs> Kate likes the romance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All parts. All parts of the romance. What matters is in the end. You <laughs> said yes. It's important. Are there any other things? final thoughts about the story what I mean I, I can pretty much guess if you would recommend the story what would you rate it I had another thought uh something I thought was cool is that she she came from the south like technically Texas right where she had been well accepted and it was when she went to the north which is thought of as more progressive that she faced more sexism and more pushback and more old boys club and I thought that was an interesting twist on expectations because you would expect it to be the opposite that's a good point that is a good point and I think what um and even they did it in the book correctly south plus large town equals more acceptance north plus small town you can run into some stone walls so they they handled that correctly I think yeah even close to Boston which I think they kept referencing Boston a lot and I was like calm down with the Boston uh, but yeah, I think it did still count as a, a small town because she like walked to work and stuff. Yeah, uh, as far as, far as uh, my experience and recommendation, yes, I I really enjoyed the book. I think it was done pretty well. Out of four stars, I give it three and a half. Um, the only half being dropped off because of our whole discussion about the whole villain thing and everything. But I don't think that that really detracted from the book. And I would I would definitely recommend it as a read for anybody that likes to read a good story. Yeah, I think it's definitely a good. Like summer read, beach read, quarantine read, if you want to get away from the, the quarantine situation. 
because it, it mostly makes you feel pretty good. Um, I agree, minus half a star for the, the problems that we've talked about. But, you know, I I'd, I'd still recommended it to my mom already. So <laughs> I think a, a lot of people would like it. Not for people who uh, dislike fuzzy romances. That's true. There are a lot of people who would not like this type of story. I know with the quarantine going on, a lot of people are diving deep into the sci-fi, virusy, post-apocalyptic type stories. I'm trying to go the opposite direction and look for the warm, fuzzy, feel-good type stories and movies right now. So this was, even though I read this before all that happened, um, I would still want to read more stories like this. And I think she has another book that recently came out. Uh, So I will be looking into possibly reading that with my very limited time with a baby. (laughs) So any stories that I can read in short snippets and still know what's going on is, is best for me. But I would actually give this a five out of five, even with my complaints about it. I, I really, I really enjoyed it. And it's definitely a book that I would uh, recommend to lots of people and potentially even read again. I always say that, but I never read stories multiple times. <laughs> so any other final thoughts about this story? Uh, just to say that, um, Amber, you're a great big softie because you give five stars out so easily. <laughs> but um, I, I can go along with you on this one. And it's it's nice to be able to read um, stories where, you know, people don't have to shop around with masks on and get to interact with other human beings, all that sort of thing. So, yeah, I'm staying away from the post-apocalyptic stuff, too. Yeah, I'm uh, uh, every time I read a scene where there's a bunch of people in one place, I'm like, oh, social distance, like cover your mouths. And uh, you can probably tell I've been muting myself to cough. Um, I've got a little allergy situation. I promise it's allergies. (laughs) Bad time to be in public with allergies. (laughs) Oh, yeah, (laughs) definitely. (laughs) I am, on on a side note, I am very curious to see how this impacts literature moving forward. And if we have, not if, I know there will be stories that take place during this time and how they depict that, you know, going to the stores with masks, only James was saying, and being in isolation with your families and, and how that looks. I think we will see a lot of those stories coming up, you know, probably in two years. It takes a while for things to get published, unless you're already a famous author, then two months from now, <laughs> we'll see those books come out. A, a quarantine romance where the teenagers can only stare at each other through the windows across the swamp. <laughs> yeah, I've already, <laughs> I've already seen uh, some of those on Reddit. There was the one uh, where the guy sees the girl on a roof of a building in the city, and he sends a drone over to uh, send her a message and get her phone number. And they had like a virtual date on FaceTime. Romance in a drone. <laughs> I I enjoyed the SNL skit that turned love is blind into like a quarantine situation. And that's why they couldn't interact. <laughs> that was very funny. <laughs> I haven't seen that, but I, yeah, it's, uh, people are having to get very creative right now. And if this had happened 10 years ago, I don't think we would be doing things the way that we are. I mean, a lot of, you know, we're still able to have the podcast like this with very limited technology. I mean, I think, you know, radio show hosts have been able to do this type of thing for a while, but you had to have the right equipment to do it. And now you see TV shows that they're all using an iPhone to record it. It was like uh, David Spade 
Like if you're watching Tiger King, they have the Joel McHale follow-up special where he's interviewing everybody and he's like, oh, they just sent everyone iPhones and we're all just recording this on there and it's great quality. It's it's pretty it's pretty wild what we can do with technology now. Yeah, I, uh, I think that things will probably not go back to the way they were. Certainly our podcast can't because I moved. <laughs> But uh, I, I think it's it's been fun uh, to to see what people have come up with as as solutions. And in terms of publishing, I think there will be both stories that do deal with pandemics and this one in particular, and stories that are completely the opposite and will not even mention that this ever happened. That's true. And it, I shared an article on on our writing group about the state of publishing, and it will be interesting to see long term how books are impacted and, and the rate at which they're published. I mean, all industries right now are going to be impacted in some way long term. But I think books are actually probably thriving right now because it's one of the few things people can still do. And even if they're not reading physical books, I think ebooks and audiobooks, I guess not so much audiobooks because people aren't driving to work and commuting as much. But but ebooks because they don't have to leave their house. They don't even have to get anything delivered. They can just instantly get it. I think we're moving up, but I know that the profits for authors are a lot lower for ebooks. But yeah, so there was our digression. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Judging More Than Just the Cover podcast. I'm Amber Gregg. Join us next month to see what we thought of another best selling book with a strong female main character. The chat doesn't end here. Let us know your thoughts in the comment area or connect with us on social media. Enjoyed the show? Share the love. Give us a review, like, follow, and a share with your friends. Find more reviews, discussions, and articles related to publishing, writing, and editing on judgingmorethanjustthecover.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Until next time, peace out. (laughs) 